A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, I am going to give you a sneak peek into the Perform Happy Parents Facebook group. So we had a parent ask a bunch of questions about her daughter who's really struggling with fear and mental blocks on a lot of skills. And so I went into detail explaining basically like the ins and outs of why mental blocks are how they are and why things are not always this like upward trajectory winning streak. So there's a lot of awesome nuggets that you guys can get here if your athlete is currently struggling with a mental block. If you want to check out Perform Happy, if you want to be a part of this group, we would love to have you. So we open our doors for enrollment throughout the year whenever we have room to make sure that we're taking good care of our members. So if you want to get on the waiting list, I highly encourage you to, if you can resonate with the stuff I'm talking about today, go to performhappy.com and join us on the waiting list. We'll see you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hi, Perform Happy Parents. I'm doing a special just for you guys today because I got some awesome questions from Lisa over in the Mental Block Breakthrough Facebook group, but I wanted to answer them here because I had a feeling that a lot of you guys could benefit from this. Um, and I'm going to go into depth and talk a lot about the courses and challenges that only you guys have access to. So I'm going to go through each of the questions that Lisa asked. Lisa, thank you, thank you, thank you for these great questions. I know they're things that a lot of people are struggling with. Also, you guys put questions in here. If you're like, why is my kid not, you know, making progress? I want you to ask that question so that I can help clarify. Okay. So question number one, Lisa asks, why are the blocks just getting worse each week or month when she seems to be trying so hard? This is common, especially in the beginning, you know, the, the first couple of months of working through changing your mindset. There are some big, huge mental shifts that have to happen. So the, the, the short answer to this is that they're not getting better yet. You got to add that yet, right? Because she hasn't learned the lesson yet that's keeping her stuck. Based on the questions that Lisa has asked, she's still in the awareness phase. She's still not quite clicking with what, what she's doing that isn't working. She's starting though. I know, I, you know, working with her in the group, she's getting to know herself better. She's starting to realize that the patterns that she's had, which a lot of athletes have, trying to impress their coaches, just trying to go for it, just trying to make it happen, trying to just do the skill. Seems like the right solution, but it's not because that's actually what's keeping what's keeping her stuck. 
So what I would recommend is to just double down on paying attention. So a bad day is not a bad day. It's a day where you're going to be able to gain wisdom. So on that bad day, when you know you didn't make progress or you're not feeling good or you feel stuck, you want to write down what worked or what went well, what didn't work, what didn't go well, and what did I learn? So those three questions, what went well, what didn't go well, what did I learn? I would love for every single athlete to do this every single day. This is something that actually I want to get back in the habit of doing. And honestly, more than what didn't go well, it's important to focus on what did go well and what did I learn? Because there are little clues in every, I'm going to say, quote unquote, failure. There are clues. So every time you have a setback, there are valuable clues that you either pick up or you don't pick up. So if you keep having bad days and you're like, I just keep having bad days and I don't know why you're not paying attention. Those are the most important days for your mental training. Those are the most important days for you to learn how to be more resilient, learn how to get more confident, learn what's not working, learn what people are doing that's not helping you, learn the thoughts that are not working. The bad days teach you more than the good days. I mean, okay, about equal. But so every day is valuable, right? Because there's lessons in all of it. But if she, if you're just like, I don't know why it's getting worse, it's getting worse, pay attention. There's nothing random in this work. There's always some, some domino effect that put you into this position. That is the great news that if you start tracking back, well, I was thinking this and my coach said that and I, and this was my lunch and I didn't get enough sleep and you will start to find some patterns. And when you identify those patterns, you'll be able to put the brakes on when you're starting to slide downhill. Because you go, oh, I know what's happening. And then you'll stop. So that's the thing. It's like when you're not aware, you're like tumbling downhill and you're like, I don't know why. And then you start to get more aware and you're like, you tumbled down half the hill and you're like, whoa, uh oh, ah, this is happening. And then eventually you get to the point where you will have blips in your sport career. You will have dips in confidence. It's part of the game. You're not all like winning streak all the time, but you're going to be able to have like one little tumble, like one turn or one rotation or one day or one week. And then you put the brakes on. You're like, oh, I know what to do. But if you're not paying attention and you're just like, what's wrong? I don't get it. Then you, you're not going to be able to learn the lesson unless you are actively seeking out what is the lesson here? What is it that's not working? Okay, so she's very much still in the awareness phase. So it's normal that she's having these bad days because it's like, you got to learn that lesson. What's the lesson? Is it stop rushing? Probably. Is it communicate better with your coaches? Probably. Is it, you know, set yourself up for success in a different way? Yeah, probably. So moving to the second question, she tells me she sometimes hesitates or jerks back after starting to go for a skill. Do you go back to the very first progression if this happens or just one step back? So yes, the the great question. I remember this sensation and it's usually that sensation that parents think is the kid like giving up or something like that. But really that is that physiological reaction that's happening when your brain sends stop to your body. Not safe, not enough information. What if? So your brain is actually having this whole chain reaction of, like this, this instant freeze because your brain thinks the body's not safe or the situation is not safe or, you know, and it could feel unsafe emotionally, mentally, physically, all of the above. 
There could be a fear of failure. There are so many different threats that the brain can send to the body that are like, not safe, that'll freeze you up. So what you need to do in that moment is instead of trying to force the brain to do something that feels unsafe, which isn't going to work, you cannot motivate yourself through that because all your brain cares about is keeping you alive and safe. It doesn't care about your season. It doesn't care about your coach. It doesn't care about your parents. It doesn't care about any of that. It's like just keeping you safe. So what you have to do in that moment is go brain. What can you do? That's the question. What can you do? Okay. Well, this isn't working right now on the high beam with only one mat. I think I could do it on the medium beam with a mat. Or I think I could do it if my coach stood here and put their hand just barely touching my back. Or I think I could do it on the low beam. So instead of saying, I can't, and being like, that's the end of the story, you ask yourself, what can I do? So rather than just sort of like backing it up one step, maybe, yeah, maybe one step. You don't have to go back to the beginning, but you just want to ask yourself, what can I do? And if you are all freaked out and the only thing you can do is doing it on a line on the floor, then that's where you start and you make 10. You get your muscle memory moving backwards confidently and not freezing up. And then you move to the next step. Now, the one humongous mistake that people make is that they're like, okay, do one on the floor, then back up on the high beam. No, 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 no. You have to get your brain to relax and feel like that was safe. That was safe. Well, that was safe. That was safe. That felt fine. That felt okay. That felt fine over and over and over and over because a negative response is going to embed itself in your brain. A fear response is going to embed itself in your brain a lot quicker than those little successes. But those little successes are rewiring your brain to again, feel like this is safe. Hey guys, quick announcement break. Right now, we at Complete Performance Coaching are looking for five athletes who are ready to break through their mental blocks for good. If that sounds like you or your child, then sign up for a free consultation call with one of my amazing coaches as soon as possible to see if you're a good fit for our Perform Happy Elite training program. This program includes one-on-one coaching with the world's top mental performance coaches, plus tons of support for athletes and their parents in between sessions. You can sign up today at completeperformancecoaching.com slash consult. Talk to you soon. Whatever progression you can do in that moment is the one that you should do. I know that's not like black and white, but typically you don't need to back it all the way back. You just need to get, you just need to set yourself up for success and then make like 10 or 15 rather than trying to do one and then jump back up to that scary thing. Cause then if you jolt again, you're digging yourself into a big old deep confidence hole. So confidence is something that is so multifaceted that you can't always see it happening. And there are six ways to build confidence. Positive talk coming from either yourself or people around you. Imagery, imagining things going well. Being inspired by people around you, seeing people doing things and going, I can do that. There's the way your body feels. So if you're hurt or if you're anxious, that's going to affect you. Your mood, if you're in a bad mood, that's going to make things harder. What is the other one? That gives you an idea. There's a bunch of different ways. So if you haven't slept well, if you don't have a good relationship with your coach, if you feel threatened or stressed in any other area of your life, if you're being negative, all of those things are draining your confidence piggy bank. I like to think of it like the piggy bank. 
that when you're being positive to yourself, you're putting coins in. Oh yeah, the other one is past successes. So that's you actually getting on the beam and doing it. Thinking about the times you've been successful in the past. Doing a, a one on a low beam that you're successful in. All of those. So every little thing that you do, that's being positive, taking care of your body, getting enough sleep, being kind to your teammates, aligning yourself with kind coaches. All of those things are going to start to build the confidence. But so mom says it's just not happening. You got it. You got to put money in that bank in whatever way you can. So if you're going to beam and you're just failing and failing and failing and failing, basically every time you freeze up, you're taking five bucks out of the confidence bank. Every time that you make a, a back walkover or whatever the skill is, even if it's on a low beam, you're putting quarters in, you're filling it up. So you need to set yourself up for success. Do not try a skill that you might freeze up on. Don't do it. Don't try the skill if you think you're going to freeze up because you need to guard your little confidence bank like it's your life. So you're like, nope, I'm not going to be around that negative person. I'm guarding my confidence bank. Nope, I am not going to listen to that mean coach. I'm going to just be positive to myself and have my good coach on my shoulder that's like, girl, you got this. You guard that confidence bank and you're like, okay, how can I put more in it in this moment? I'm going to say an affirmation. I'm going to imagine myself doing it right. I'm going to go to the low beam and make a bunch of successful ones. Those are the ways that you build it. Okay, so that's, then we go into, um, I'm going to skip a question here and then come back. What on earth more can she or we do to convince her coaches to work on progressions rather than pushing or refusing to spot after one or two times? So the girls in my Wednesday night group know one of the suggestions is be annoying. Be annoying. Be totally annoying. Like, coach, I don't think that my brain is ready to do it on there. I think I'm going to freeze up and it would be better for me to do something that I can feel a little bit safer doing. Would it be okay to get a spot? And the coach says, you can have one spot. Okay. So you get your spot and you're like, you know, I think I need another spot. They're like, you can't have one. Then you go, can I try it on the medium beam? I think I could do it there. No, do it there. Can I try it on the low beam? I think I could do it there. No, I do it on the line. Could I do it if we stand here? Could I get an extra mat? Could I get another extra mat? You just be annoying and you keep, get creative. Again, we're asking, what can I do? Like, this isn't going to work. And you know, like, this isn't going to work. It's just going to make everybody mad. It's going to drain my piggy bank. So what can I do? And you keep asking, and you might have a very frustrated coach. This is a risk we're willing to take, guys, temporarily. And typically, when you start getting a real handle on what you actually need from your coach, then you will know, coach, actually, I think I need to try here. And you're being respectful. You're being kind. But there's a point where you just have to like, you have to be very clear, like, coach, I don't think this is going to work. I'm having a day. I didn't sleep well. Could I warm up with a few on the low beam? And you just get in the habit of asking. Now, I know for probably, I don't know, 75% of you athletes, you parents, your athletes, communicating with the coach is the hardest part of this entire process. That's okay. We can do it anyway. You've got, it's like a muscle and you got to learn. So just like we do baby steps on skills, you might have baby steps on communication where you're like day one, hi coach. You just make a, you're like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to say hi. Day two, hi coach. I like your shoes. Day three, excuse me, coach. Would it be okay to have a spot on this? You know, you, you're easing in to the point where eventually what I want for you is that you can walk in and go, you know, my body feels a little weird today. I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm a little threatened about the meat coming up. Would it be okay if I front load my confidence by doing a few on low beam before I get up on high beam today? And you're able to walk in with this confidence, knowing what you need. So that's the awareness piece, knowing what you need and then 
being willing to communicate it, even if they don't like you in that moment. That is hard. They might be mad. They might be annoyed. They may not like it. They might think that it's stupid, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Something's going to change when they start seeing your progress. When they finally start letting you do what you need to do, even if they did it because they're like, roll their eyes and like, I don't even care, whatever. Like, I don't want to talk to you. And they ignore you and they send you to Lobium by yourself. You're like, okay, I get to go to Lobium. This is, a, this is good. <laughs> I, it worked. It's okay if your coaches are mad. It's okay. Because you're being respectful. You're being kind. You're asking for what you need. That's a skill we all need in this life. It doesn't really matter if people like you. If you're asking for what you need and you're sharing your truth. That's a, that is a message I want to run deep for these kids. Like you have a voice, you have bodily autonomy, you do what you want with your body and you can communicate that respectfully and firmly. Tall order. Yes, but possible. Absolutely. Okay. So a couple things, parents help continue to encourage baby steps of communication. Keep asking, be the squeaky wheel, get creative. And then if you need to have a meeting, just have a meeting. Talk about like, this is this, what we've been doing isn't working. So we'd like to try something that we feel like will work. And here's how this works. You know, and then you write out your confidence ladder and you hand it to them and you say, look, 10, 15, you know, this is what's recommended. And then you also see if they can come up with a plan with you because ultimately coaches are not bad. <laughs> They're not bad people. They just want to motivate an athlete who doesn't need motivation. They need safety, security, and confidence. They need kindness. They need patience. They need a loving push when it's time. It requires a relationship with a coach that takes some time to build, especially when coaches are sort of old school. Okay, so then I'm going to go back up a question. Um, why can't she trust herself again? So the way that the challenges are laid out, it goes awareness, confidence, trust. And it doesn't mean that like when you got through all of the challenges, you're going to be like immediately trusting yourself because you first have to get the grip on the awareness piece. And I would even encourage to go through the challenges multiple times. So that that first one is awareness. You're starting to figure out what progression am I supposed to be on? What does my brain actually need? What's going to work for me? How do I, what do I need to change? What can I do? Then you start to build confidence through putting more money in the bank. So you figure out how to keep the money in the bank. Then you start putting more money in the bank. Then trust. Think about you parents. Think about who do you trust in your life? How did that happen? It's like, I trust my husband more than I've ever trusted anyone in my entire life. And it took time. Like on our first date, I didn't share all my deepest, darkest secrets. I was like, who is this guy? He's cute. I'm not sure. And then the next date, maybe I share a little more and he shares a little more. And then he shows up and then he's a good listener. And then he... You know, he just continued to earn trust points by proving he was a good guy. And that's how it works. That's how we learn to trust people in general. And then eventually over time, like a parent and a child, a child is going to trust their parent because over their entire life, that parent has been depositing trust, you know, making trust deposits. Like my mom is always here. She picks me up on time. She cares about me. She loves me. She listens to me cry. You, you're earning their trust. Now, when it comes to trusting ourselves, you have to see, like, have I been depositing in my trust bank? Have I been behaving toward myself the way I would treat a really good friend? Have I been really patient with myself? Have I been kind? Have I been really trying to take care of myself? Or have I been like, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, what's wrong with me? Oh, I hate, I hate myself. I can't, I'm so bad at this. So you have to be building a relationship with yourself 
in order to really get that trust to happen. I know it sounds weird that you'd have to, you have to fix your relationship with yourself before you're going to be able to do your skills. I don't know why it works that way, but you know what? I feel like it's a gift. We are stuck in this mental block, which forces us to do this heavy psychological, like heavy lifting to build a better relationship with ourselves. That yeah, you got your skills, but it's so it's like so much more than that, right? It's so much more than that. So trust comes with time is like the that's my long way of saying trust comes with time. So just let that part come. And then there's a, a couple of challenges at the end. The last three are all about that relationship with yourself. Again, do them repeatedly because you're going to be at a different place every time that you start them. So that's what's going to allow you to, to learn how to just try to trust, you know, where you'll get up on the beam and you'll be like, I'm going to try to trust this one. I'm going to take a breath and go. And then you're like, oh, I trusted it. That was awesome. Or you're like, oh, I didn't trust it. I totally tried to force that one. Or oh, I was really trying to be perfect there. So it's something that takes practice. There's also an entire course in the bonuses section called automatic self-trust that teaches the research on how to trust yourself and the, the layers. So it's like, you got to focus on the right thing. Build your confidence, which will allow you to have composure, which will then allow you to actively try to trust yourself. So that's why trust is like, that's what the champion athletes have. And that is the ultimate. That's what I want for all of your kids. But it you got to get through the first couple phases before you're going to really be able to grasp that one. Okay, final question here. Even if she does get to keep doing progressions and gets the skill back, the gains have been fleeting or non-existent for some skills. Or there have been even more backwards movement after. How can she get back a skill that sticks? Isn't that the like the question, right? So here's, I actually want to shift your thinking here. Because the crux of this question is an outcome focus. It's a, like, I want her to get the skill. Which, yeah, obviously you're here because you want her to get the skill. Because you want her to feel good. You want her to be successful. But outcome focus is a major part of the problem. That we are so focused in these sports, these high pressure sports on reaching the outcome on time, along with other people to impress other people, to get scores. It's all, it's so outcome focused that what happens is we stop listening to our inner voice, that voice that says, I don't know if I feel totally safe or ready yet. And you're like, shut up. I just got to do it. Brain stop, intuition stop. So these kids basically are not able to like tap into their own intuition or their own fear because they've turned that volume down so far because they're just trying to force the outcome, get the outcome, get the outcome. What we have to do is get them tuned back in because then they have one weird, weird progression and they're like, ooh, that felt a little weird. What do I need? What can I do right now that's going to get my confidence up? They back it up a step, they build their confidence, and then there's never a backslide. They get it right at the beginning of that domino effect, which is like, feels weird, feels scary, forcing it, can't do it. That's because they've lost their intuition through this process of forcing outcomes. So parents, do not focus on outcome ever is like my dream goal, which I know is so hard, but like I'm telling you, if you can completely eliminate the outcome focus, eliminate it. 
And all you talk about when you talk to your kid about their sport is their progress and their effort. If you don't see progress, you you say, hey, kiddo, you're working hard and I'm proud of you. That's it. Even if you don't see progress, if you see effort, praise it. If you see any progress, the teeniest little fleeting little bit of progress, you're like, woohoo, I saw you do that on that, like one less panel mat on the low beam. I'm so happy. Let's celebrate. Okay, because that, and they're going to be like, you're crazy, mom. But you have to take the emphasis off the outcome to help them take the emphasis off the outcome so that they can start to learn to listen to their fear and intuition again so that they can let it guide them safely in and through their sport. We want that, right? You want them to be able to have a a healthy respect for fear or feeling unprepared when they're doing big skills. So this, you know, where you're at right now, it might feel like, well, I need these skills right now for this season and it will be terrible if I don't have them. Yeah, yeah, we're going to wipe the whiteboard clean of those thoughts and just think, what can I do? How can I get a little better? What is working? What lessons am I learning? It's a lot, right? That's why I went live. It was like, I got a lot to say about these questions. So, so there's that. You guys, any questions that you have as you're checking this back, put them in the group and I will be happy to answer them for you because I don't want you to be baffled by this thing. There is an answer. There's a reason There's a progression that this takes. And the great news is that this is so much bigger than the sport. This is like, this is stuff that's going to help your athlete become a a happier person, you know, happier, healthier, and then of course, more successful. All right. Thank you for checking this out and I will see you around soon. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.